Get bonus! I'm Alex Jaffe, and this is a bonus episode of Insert Credit. Due to a confluence of Jewish holidays and traveling schedules, we didn't have time to record a new episode of the podcast this week. So, to tide you over, we're releasing our latest extra-long bonus episode from behind the Patreon paywall, made from the conversations we like to have with our guests and each other outside of the show. If you like what you hear, you can get access to bonus episodes just like these every month by subscribing at any level to patreon.com slash insert credit. You'll also get access to the form, which will allow you to submit your own questions and even access our regular episodes one day early. One day early? That's right, Esper, one day early. And now, donors at $10 a month or more will also get a downloadable version of the original insert credit soundtrack by Kurt Feldman. But if you'd like to check it out and purchase it for yourself, you can find it on kurtfeldman.bandcamp.com slash album slash insert dash credit. For Patreon backers, we'll be releasing an extra bonus episode this week made from clips we still have from the Blaine Brown edited post-revival period. You may now begin the episode. I'm, uh, in order to attempt to get myself in a different headspace, I'm going to be having, uh, I, I opened a bottle of sake like two months ago and then kept it, put it in the fridge and then never yeah. drank any of it. I'm going to have some of that. Um, All extremely right. aged, unfortunate beverage. So that's what's for me. It's not going to change anything for me, but maybe it'll help me relax a little bit. Th- that would be nice. That would be nice. Patrick Miller took the whole day off for this. Cool. Frank, are you that's... doing anything to be a different guy? Or are you just going to be uh, I can't. Friend. I have to pack magazines uh, all you're, day and night. You're our control group, then. You're okay. standard friend. Can you, uh, what if you pretended that you didn't have any magazines? <laughs> would that help? Um, that would just make me upset. It, well, I mean, we're, we're talking about being in a weird headspace. So I am in a weird headspace, just like trying to get all this work done. That's okay. not normal, you know? No, that's no. true. Are you going to be... I'm a... actually, I'm, I'm, I'm canceling 300 subscriptions. I'm just saying, sorry. Oh, we, Jesus. We oh, literally God. don't. I, I'm just not going to take your thousands and thousands of dollars. Sorry. Man, that sucks. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it, I guess. There's, turns out there's a, I mean, the, the problem is that, well, it's subscriptions. So I'm stopping 300 new subscriptions that mm-hmm. came from the Kotaku story. Um, and just never shipping them, even their first issue, but sending them a yeah. nice, like, wow, we just got overwhelmed. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But the thing, like, I could do it once, but I can't source 1,000 old video game magazines every month. Yeah. Yeah, that seems a little untenable. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, what's up, Pat? Hey, coming through okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you sound good. Sweet. Let me, yeah, let me log out uh, this real quick just to check the setting. All right. You don't got to log out. You just go to sound. Maybe he doesn't know that because he's high. On the weed drugs? Mm-hmm. We all have our own process. One idea that I had was to, um, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned yeah. to any of you at some point that my dad gave me a bunch of weed that he grew. Um, and... No, I don't think you have mentioned that. Okay, well. So you're right, he was to have your dad on the podcast? Yeah, to have my dad on the podcast. No, it was to, to smoke my dad's weed, which does nothing. Um, <laughs> he, he brought some more, or he was going to bring some more, and I was like, you know, I just really don't smoke weed. And he was pretty insulted. How's this sounding? 
the same, but it's fine. I think you sound <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. You sound, you sound better than you ever have. You could be a professional broadcaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging this affirmation coming from y'all. I appreciate it. <clears throat> or a professional <laughs> podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> you could be that about. as well. Yes. Any variation of B's and P's and D's and Q's, depending on the uh, angle of inversion of the letter. I'm kind of rotating into my mind right now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Patrick, you there? Patrick? He's getting high on weed. Yeah, I was about to ask him. I was about to check in on Patrick on the, the weed situation. Hey, so uh, they're getting ready for a new Doctor Who. Who do you think should play the next Doctor Who? Uh, Peter Capaldi. I did that already. He just, he's back. Just go back to him. Peter Capaldi's yeah. back. Yeah, okay. Actually, I know absolutely nothing about Doctor Who. Same. Um, I just the, know the name Peter Capaldi. So. It, it's, it's similar to yours. Got some yep. of the same letters. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a Doctor Who? Like, is, um, it, is, it, is, it, is it, does it, does it stack up to how we think of like a James Bond or a Batman? Um, the thing about Doctor Who, who is just called the Doctor in the show, is they well, like can't... in universe, yeah. they change appearances. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, when, uh, the mechanic they came up with very early on was that whenever they need to replace the main actor because his contract is up or they don't want to do it anymore, uh, they kill the Doctor off. But they can, but uh, the doctor's from another planet. Uh, and what his species does is instead of dying, they regenerate as a completely different person who looks different and has a kind of different personality, but and has the very, same very rarely not a white man. Yeah, it's only once been not a white man. Don't it they was, keep the scarf? Um, uh, only the fourth one had a scarf. What? Yeah, That's... the fourth one is like the most iconic one. Uh, Tom Baker, but he was the only one who really wore a scarf. Bomb taker. Yeah, bomb taker. Uh, yeah. Let's do a clap. Uh, I'm sure we all know how the clap works. Uh, three, two, one. I've never uh, had the clap, so I don't really know how it works. Oh, I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for it. We got to episode 197, and someone finally took the easy joke. Okay. I mean, but you you had never previously said. We all know how the clap works. We haven't referred to it as the clap. Until no, I've, I've said, are you ready for the clap? Pretty well, I was called the clap anyway, right? Syphilis, right? That's what the clap was, right? I, I don't know which one it is, and I don't it's know why it's called It's either syphilis or gonorrhea. A gonorrhea? Yeah, gonorrhea. Isn't it gonorrhea? I thought it was pronounced <laughs> gonorrhea. <laughs> it is pronounced gonorrhea, yes. Why do you say uh, gonorrhea? I've it sounds like a, like a fantasy land that people would go to. Yeah. You know? By the winds of Gnoria. <laughs> By the winds of Gnoria, yeah, exactly. By like... the hoary hordes of Gnoria. Yeah. Okay. I'm just writing that down in my fantasy book ideas uh, right. note journal. There's All the right. palace. Come save us. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do my uh, intro now. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Uh... Fool me once. Shame yeah. on me. Shame on me. Yeah, every time, man. <laughs> man. Yeah. Fool me once. Can't fool me again. That's, uh, what, that's what he says. That's what he uh, says. That's says what that. the man said. Won't get fooled again. So, Jack, you uh, need so to go we, get on a bus or what? Um, yeah, I need to go uh, for reasons. But uh, let's keep the recording going because uh, if you want to do some like crossword discussion, now is the yeah. time to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had I had a question for you, Chris, like um, yep. a couple of them, actually, because I wanted to continue that conversation. So the other thing I was going to ask was um, my understanding of the New York Times crossword is that it gets more difficult as the week goes on. Is that correct? Yeah, that's basically correct. So Monday is the easiest crossword puzzle of the week. Saturday is the most difficult crossword of the week, and it essentially, you know, increases in 
generally roughly in difficulty from Monday to Saturday. And then Sunday is, I would say, maybe a, a Wednesday to Thursday level of difficulty, but the, the grid card. is much larger. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's actually my least favorite day usually because it just takes a while. At this point, um, I can do I can do most days and pretty quickly, but uh, regardless of difficulty. But a Sunday just takes a while because it's big. Um, is it like um, is it become more cryptic as it goes on, or is it more esoteric information um, that you need to have? You know, that's actually a really good question, and it's funny. I I haven't I I don't really know how to answer it I, because one of the things I've realized by doing the um the video solve every day is it's making me realize that because I have to talk through the, the the crossword every day, it's sort of drawing attention to the fact that I've been doing this thing every single day for years with, without really subjecting it to, um, I don't know, sort of self-conscious critical thought because I'm just doing it on my own purely for mm -hmm. enjoyment and recreation. So now suddenly I'm talking through this thing to an audience and I'm realizing there are questions like the ones you've just asked I've never really even stopped to think about. And, um, and, and actually that's one I literally have not stopped to think about until just this moment. And I don't, don't know the answer yet. What does make it harder? I mean, I think, uh, I think actually, you know, I did, I was thinking about this slightly just the other day, actually, I haven't talked about this on the, on the show yet, but I think one of the things that gets more difficult as the week goes on actually is that the clues get shorter. Mm. Um, because, you know, one of the things about any language is that word can mean a number of different things and essentially i think one of the ways the puzzle gets harder as the week progresses is that there are simply fewer words per clue and so in other words there's more ambiguity mm -hmm. with respect to what the clue could mean and also there are simply more options for what a clue could mean i mean if if a if a if a clue is say a single word it might have many possible plausible synonyms for instance um so that's one of the ways it gets harder, but also more esoteric knowledge. That's certainly one of the ways. Um, references to, you know, historical figures or works of, of culture, something like that. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with how the clues are written as much as what the answers are. One thing um, I find interesting about about crosswords and, and something that I kind of enjoy is that they're, cert they're very clearly written by people of a certain age. And so uh, Christina, uh, my girlfriend, will be she she used to do crosswords and when it would come to like a movie or music or of course video game question she would turn to me and the but the reason is not that she doesn't know about those things it's because when they're talking about like popular music they're talking about like uh you know Alice in Chains and Aerosmith that's about as far <laughs> contemporary as they can get and and so she's always being she's like okay this 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 famous movie blah 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 and i'm like oh the answer is ed harris she's like okay yeah i don't know who that is um <laughs> you know so uh and and it uh, gives yeah. me some some enjoyment to to have some of this this ancient knowledge that is useful you know that's funny that you bring that up because i've the new york times crossword in particular i've really noticed this very much over the past several years there's clearly there must have been so the editors this guy will shorts and he's been editing it for i think several decades now and so he sort of controls the tone of the crossword even though he doesn't construct them all and um or doesn't construct any of them but uh but he edits them all and i think he must in the past several years have decided sort of tune that dial that you're describing because just in the last few years the the pop culture references have become much more contemporary yeah i think um, they have gotten and some the younger use writers of slang noticed. yeah they definitely have and the usage of slang modern slang has increased a lot i noticed that twerk for instance was used actually just within the last few weeks there's a <laughs> there's a lot more um 
honestly, the, the irony is that often there are references to things that are too contemporary for me. There have been, nice. for instance, multiple um, Game of Thrones references in, in recent weeks, and that's I've never seen that show. And so, um, you know, I have to get that stuff entirely through crosses. But it, the, the, there's there's been increasingly increasing cases where I feel too old for the crossword rather than the other way around. Nice. Um, so, yeah, you can still happening. roll the dice as to whether the answer to a given question is a Bob Dylan song title or oh, Bob definitely. Dylan himself. Yeah, I was uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So now you're in the UK, Chris. Um, do you ever do you ever watch Pointless on the BBC? Uh, yeah, I've seen Pointless. Yeah, just because what Brandon's saying that about the um, if our listeners, if we're gonna if we're gonna post this right, I just say for listeners, Pointless is a show that's on in the UK. It's a quiz show, and the trick of it is is that they ask a hundred people the question. And you're looking for the lowest ranked answer, like the one that the least people will know. And a, and a score of zero is a pointless, which is worth the most points, right? And one of the most fascinating things about watching that show is you have to be tactical about it because you'll see something and say, say it'll be like, you'll be like, okay, that song is a Shaking Stevens song. And so a lot of the people who would answer questions to the BBC are probably the age who'll know that. But this one is a Lady Gaga song. <laughs> So fewer people will know that. So I'll pick that one, expecting that one to be lower. I, I love that type of like um, extra layer to a game, you know? It's a bit yeah, of a second, totally. though. Um, the other question I had... Oh, sorry, Brandon, you go ahead. I was going to say, sometimes the, other, the answer the, the, credit should have of... too oh, many sorry, go ahead. players. Look, that, that's it. You go ahead. Oh, this isn't. This is not related to crosswords or even related to what Matthew was talking about at all, other than just to say, emotionally speaking, if you want to sort of plot me on... If you want to sort of, I don't know, infer something about my personality or interests but probably the, sh the show that british game show i enjoy the most is countdown and not eight out of cats does countdown but just straight up countdown i find that incredibly entertaining so that's the kind yeah, of well, incredibly I mean, boring person i am but i think there's a crossword person like countdown probably like etches a sort of a thing with you right yeah, because it's totally. like playing with letters like i don't really like countdown that much because i find the the whole aspect of it where it's like you know the best way to do is to take the words the letters again if listeners don't know countdown is a show where there's two it's not teams in there it's two two players right they have a woman standing there and they go i'll have a, a vowel a consonant a vowel a consonant till they get like eight letters or something like that and they're to try and make the longest word out of those letters right so they'll be like oh uh the cast they got a six they'll be like oh what's your six and then dictionary corner um will be like oh actually the highest word we could get was an eight and it's i don't know crackdown or some of that right and they're like ah oh, dang i wish i could have could have got that um <laughs> but um the thing about um there's a math um, part too but anyway go ahead there's a math part as well yeah the math part is the one the one i'm better at but um i just don't have the patience for it usually so the the, the ones where they do with comedians is the one i enjoy more because they also don't have the patience for patience for it and so it's more like i mean there are long i realized we wouldn't like it because i showed when i watched it with my partner and she was like this is just a bunch of comedy bits it's not a game show because she likes game shows as well and i was like that's yeah, how actually. i feel that's i was that's like my yeah yeah, like there's like 15 minutes of comedy before you do one one quiz. And so I understand we like normal countdown more. But my favorite by far is Pointless because I love the extra layer. Yeah, no, that is, that is great. Um, the question I had for you was that you talked a bit about how you haven't been investigating, uh, considering those things about um, about the crosswords until you've had to, had to do them out loud, right? Has yeah, it yeah. changed how you feel about the process? Because I know some people, once they kind of turn a hobby into kind of a job they kind of lose the joie de vivre in it you know like or is it helping you understand it are you enjoying it sort of more from a different angle yeah that's a good that's actually a really good question um i don't know i don't know that i've been doing it long enough to be able to 
conclusively answer that because I think the, the dynamic you're describing tends to creep in after an extended period, right? And I've only mm -hmm. been doing this for about for a month or so. So, you know, I've done it every day for a month and it there, there is an element of the the, the daily um, sort of self-imposed requirement that is slightly onerous, but I, but I am really enjoying doing it. So I'm not, I haven't hit any sort of burnout or, or um, I haven't sucked out any of the enjoyment. I think in, in a lot of ways, it's increased my enjoyment of it because it's turned it into more of a, um, I don't know, an activity that I'm, I'm sort of present for one of the, at a certain point, a couple of years ago, I mean, I'm nowhere, I, you know, let, let me preface this by saying, if I were to go to say a crossword solving competition, which is a real thing that exists, I would absolutely eat dirt, right? I would not, I would not mm -hmm. do, I mean, the, the people who do well at those are, are absolute demons, but, but I, but, but nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm reasonably good at crosswords in the sense that I can, I can do in any of the days of a New York times crossword by myself and sit there and do it straight through without really needing to, to stop very much. Right. So I can, I can solve a, a crossword through. And so it, it, um, doing it on the, the channel has, has slowed me down a great deal. So it's, it's sort of. Every time I solve a crossword now, my time is higher than my average time for that day. I'm, I'm, I'm much slower because I'm talking through the whole thing. But what that means, it's sort of removed that um, internally competitive element mm -hmm. of it. It's sort of removed the element of it where I was sort of competing against my own record and turned it into a almost a pure recreational activity. Because one of the things that's happened as a result of talking through it is that it forces me to actually identify what it is I'm enjoying or, or if I'm, if I'm enjoying a particular puzzle or not and, and why, and what's the, what's the mechanism I'm using to, to think about this clue or solve it or whatever. And I, th I think in that sense, it's actually increased my enjoyment um, because it's causing me to externalize that enjoyment rather than I suppose simply take it for granted as a function of just solving the puzzle as fast as I can every day, because that's a habit and it's a thing I've been doing for several years. Um, so I think it's increased my enjoyment of it, but, but your, your question is, um, is a, is a good one in the sense that I can imagine it becoming um, onerous in terms of the the sort of, uh, I don't know, a, a, the drudgery of it, but I'm hoping that doesn't become the case. I, I am really enjoying doing it this way. Um, Makes sense. I, I have a, the, this is the big question, right? The one I was really leading up towards before the buzzer hit, which is <laughs> that, so in your experience then, and it may be hard for you because you haven't taught me these things too much, what is it that a game designer can learn from a crossword? Oh, that's a good, oh man, that is a really good question. Um, again, this is a thing that I haven't really, um, I've never thought to connect these, the sort of interest in my professional career. It's never really occurred to me, but. Seems like you I probably think... should have come on this show a couple more times. <laughs> I, um, it really I think... forces you to uh, evaluate all yeah, of those it's, micro it's details. It's true. I'm, I'm an incredibly unself-reflective person, apparently. And what I need to do is come on podcast to force me. Yeah, yeah, put myself, I, my life into perspective. I think um, it's interesting. Actually, um, I will but, say that actually that the thing I just said is not entirely untrue. I think one of the things, so I, I, I did, um, as people listening to this podcast may not be aware, I was a sort of semi-professional podcaster for about a decade. I did, I, I recorded and, and produced hundreds and hundreds of episodes of several podcast series. And I, I, I genuinely did find that the podcast was sort of often served as the first draft of my thoughts the sense that I would go on the podcast with my co-hosts and talk through whatever it was that the podcast was about, talk through things. And that, that was sort of often the first time I would, I would be seriously considering whatever it was I was talking about. And that would sort of help me organize ideas or notions that would then be applied to some other purpose in my, in my professional 
or occasionally, I suppose, personal life. So there is actually something to that, at least for me. I don't know that that reflects very well on me, but um, but it is sort of the case. Um, yeah, so, I was sorry, just, Matthew, I interrupted you. No, no, it's fine. I just what I wanted to say in response to that was that I find that way of being totally fascinating because I have no ability to at any point turn on my critical thinking system. Like it's part of the reason almost that I write my blog everygame.tumblr.com if people want to read it um that anytime i'm Sorry, playing you said you anything have no, you have no ability to what your critical to, to turn it off right like turn it off, if yes, i'm right if i'm like playing a game or i'm watching a movie or something i'm practically writing the review in my head while i do it mm. right like when yeah. i lie in bed at night when i'm processing my day i write it in my head do you know what i mean like i analyze even my day you know like and, and write a story of it i don't necessarily write yeah. i don't tend to write a diary and like like if I'm like, oh, let's think about that movie the day, I'll think, oh, that was that, that was there. So that's why I was asking because I was like, I'd have assumed that your process of doing the videos was a way to get that out of you. Do you know what I mean? That that sort of there's sort of a burning need to like express yeah. your take yeah. on on them rather than simply, I guess, a chill hangout with uh, Chris Remo. Yeah, no, totally. I think um, you know, there's some of both. I think there's an element of both. I. I used, I think I used to be much more the way you describe. I've, I've actually, to some extent, um, and, and part of this is actually self-conscious and intentional, uh, decreased to the degree to which I sort of evaluate things in my head in real time. Um, I would say I still do that with respect to my life and my experiences. That mm. the thing you're describing with your day, I absolutely share that 100%. Um, no longer really with... Um, films or books or, or whatever, you know, pieces of art or culture. I don't, I, I don't do that anymore, actually. And I, um, I couldn't necessarily exactly explain why, but at, at some point I sort of decided to become less of a critic in my own head, um, a transition I've made over the past several years. And I think the crossword became, became so much a habit that it almost stopped being an activity and, and genuinely became, um, a, uh, I don't know, something almost closer to a compulsion, like, especially once I hit a streak. So the, the, uh, a long streak, that is the New York times crossword app on, uh, on, on phones or websites, or whatever it tracks your daily streak, which is, uh, the number of crosswords you've completed on consecutive days on the same day, the crossword was released. So if mm -hmm. you success, if you complete the crossword correctly on day of its release, it increments your streak by one. And if you ever miss a day, your streak resets to zero. And at a certain point, you know, my, my, I, I would, I would get a streak of, you know, a hundred days or whatever. And then I'd miss one for some reason. And then I would get all oh, annoyed. I would start over again. And now I'm up to 863, which is by far the longest it's ever been for me. I mean, that's more than two wow. years. That's amazing. Um, it's almost yeah. three years or not quite, but yeah. And so I, I think once it got to the point where I sort of started becoming protective of the streak, which is absolutely as my wife can attest, that's absolutely something that that happens. That I, I, I you know, I, I will refuse to let this streak die at this point. At that point, doing the crossword itself became sort of an obligation, and the 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 weight of the obligation sort of outstripped the activity of doing the crossword itself, and so it no longer became something to think about. It became something to complete every day. And in a way, um, I mean, I'm still highly protective of my streak, and I have no intention of letting it die. And in some ways, doing the crossword series has, if anything increased my sort of allegiance to the streak because now I'm actually publicly accountable to this thing as well as accountable to it only in my own mind. But it has, to, it has also sort of 
somewhat reversed the the sort of emotional devaluing of the crossword that I had created for myself by now forcing me to sort of externalize my um, experience with it. So I'm back to being uh, to to enjoying the crossword in the moment rather than treating it simply as something to be completed. Yeah, yeah I wanted to ask about that, like. In the moment, because you say it's like a daily routine, almost sounds like kind of almost like a ritual. Like, is it yep. like a is it like a is it like a focus, like a like almost like meditation, right? Like, is it like a moment in your day of of like a singular focus that is quite separate from everything else, or is it different somehow? Oh yeah, you know what's funny? It it really wasn't before. I mean, again, before I I got to the point where I was so capable of solving. I, again, I don't mean to suggest I'm an amazing crossword solver. I just mean I was able to functionally solve a crossword without too much challenge. So I would do it while listening to a podcast or whatever. You know, I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even just be doing the podcast when I, I'm sorry, just be doing the uh, the crossword when I was doing the crossword. I would, it was something that was almost adjunct to something else that I was doing. Uh, and so now it is actually, a t- now it is much more, I would say, um, while doing the video series, become a ritual it's it's the first thing i do every morning i make myself a cup of coffee and i record um my my crossword video because i have to do it before i do whatever else i'm doing in the day because i want to i just want to have it i i I want to know that it's going to be out there which means you know a given day can have any number of things in it so if i make it the very first thing i do in the day that's really the one way i can sort of be relatively confident that it will go out on time each do, day. do you think that you would uh, would you cancel travel because? No, oh, in fact, I've already. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think I would. I think I would. If I really had to, I would just let the video. You know, I wouldn't do a video for a given day, but I would still do the crossword to keep the streak. I mean, I'm. I'm. It's, I see. Uh, but I. But I already. So my we my wife and I took our first um, first vacation of the pandemic last weekend, and we went to Oxford. We took the train to Oxford. And so that was the first instance in which I had to record the uh, crossword series remotely. And so I, you know, the day before, actually a couple days before I sort of put together, I made sure that my laptop was going to work. And I had, I had this little external monitor that I hooked up to it because I found that if I recorded it directly on the laptop with the laptop monitor, the fan noise from the laptop was overpowering on the recording. So I had this like goofy little LCD panel that I used as as the monitor so that I could put the laptop under the desk in the tiny little hotel room. And I, you know, I figured out a way to do this every morning. And my, my wife was extremely patient with me, waited for me to do this stupid thing in our hotel room before we went out to do our actual vacation things each day. So, um, you know, there, (laughs) there might come times when that is simply too much to ask. Um, but, but so far I have made travel, uh, I have bent it to my, my dumb purposes. Cool. I mean, I think I'm probably <laughs> is it? It's pretty out cool. of uh, crossword questions there. Um, really, what I've given you is homework, Chris, because I want a lot more than I deep answers the crossword question to the questions yeah. I actually like ask, right? Like, because I really enjoy talking about crosswords, but I want more, Chris. I want the details, the game designer answer that, you know, like yeah, I, um, I need to give that some, I genuinely should give that yeah. some serious thought because I, I love and, yeah. like, I love like what I can learn from from games that aren't games. Do you know what I mean? Like crossword is a game that's not a video game, you know, and so it represents a type of engaging with an interactive art form in its own way, you know, like, because I realize you're not like, I almost like at this point, I almost want to look up like if there's a book on crosswords, because I'm interested to know like the story of like, like, how did they get formed? Like, who are the New York Times designers? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, like are particular days done by a particular person or 
do you always know it's like, oh, that's a, a Bobby Reinhardt uh, uh, one, uh, because I know that uh, he always puts in this type of wee twist, you know, like, things like that, <laughs> right. you know, like, I, I just, I just, I love that type of stuff. Um, there are absolutely people who, who have that relationship with the crossword. I've never really quite been at that point. I mean, again, doing the series has made me more conscious of this sort of thing than I was before, but there are definitely people who are sort of part of a crossword community who or who are very tuned into all that sort of thing. Um, okay, uh, the one last question is a silly one. Because uh, I'm like, like I just, when did you work out, Chris, that uh, having a mustache and a five o'clock shadow was going to make you so sexy? Because you look real good in all those <laughs> those thumbnails. When was it? Oh, thanks. Um, I never really, um, uh, that, was, that wasn't something that I had any sort of... Well, your wife must around. be incapable just... of keeping her hands off you. You must walk in there, you know shake her wee uh, top lip and she'll be like she'll be she'll just be quivering quivering that's why she well, likes to put up with you like flittering about with a fucking like yeah. uh, laptop and stuff on yeah, a holiday yeah, yeah well yeah when i first when i first um shaved the mustache into being i i did have sort of a moment where i thought all right well i think this is sort of funny and i'm gonna try it out and if my wife doesn't like it i'll that's fine i'm not not wedded to the idea and she was into it so it's so it's stuck that yeah. was a couple of years it doesn't work for everybody ago. But the person, the people it works for, it really works. I just think you look amazing. Like, I, when I, oh, so I didn't I see you in a while, right? So, the first part, because I follow you still on Twitter and all that, right? And then yeah. the first time you're, you're, you're thinking about it, I was like, oh my goodness, look at the boy. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I think we just need to, we should, it's getting really late actually for you and me. So, it's, uh, it is late over here. Yeah. So let's just wrap up. Uh, I think Brandon's away now because he said he had to go outside and get a fish. So uh, a fish, a fish, a fish. He says, uh, "Lol." I don't know what that What's means. That mean? I don't know. Um, he's not a fish eater, so. But yeah. is he a fish eater? I don't think he's a fish eater. He's a veg- full vegetarian, isn't yeah, he? I mean, I thought he's a full vegetarian. Yeah, he doesn't eat any fish, so I don't know why he needs a fish. Maybe his um, partner Christina needs a fish for some reason, or maybe it's a living fish. I mean, it doesn't guarantee. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Ash, you know, yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank uh, Liz, thank me. you for coming. No problem. It's always a pleasure to have you both on the show. Uh, while you're here, uh, why don't you tell recording? Yeah. By the way, um, uh, you don't oh, have oh, to. Okay, okay. I think I'll we're going to do a little bit of a bonus bit here that we might lock behind the paywall. No uh, problem. And Ash, I will record again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, we're good. What's the story with the move from Kotaku to Verge? So I love Kotaku with all of my heart. I love those people. I think what Patricia was doing is phenomenal and i hope and you can see that's like bearing fruit you see all the, the stuff that they uh broke today about raccoon logic and the gta coming to the switch and all this kind and the uh qa story about blizzard doing great work over there the parent company though is garbage oh yeah so, <laughs> it's just absolute trash i was hired in the middle of the pandemic and they were like okay this this hiring of this job is contingent upon you moving to new york which they thought would happen January 1st this year, which, you know, <laughs> thinking about that now is kind of crazy. Yeah. But um, as time went on, it's like I feel more comfortable staying here. Like the the salary that they paid me, I can have a decent standard of living where I'm at. And in New York, that standard of living would be in a closet. And I had my partner to consider and all that stuff. And the fact that New York kind of hates dogs, <laughs> it would be really hard to find an apartment that would take me and my dog and his cat and us all like have to live in a, you know, in a trash can. For That's the... true. Yeah, exactly. As a trash and... can liver, I can attest. <laughs> I also live in the garbage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you know, 
New York is the trash can. But I love it. Right. And and the opportunity came up was like, hey, you know, this is Vox Media was like, you don't have to move, we'll pay you more. And the thing with Geo is that we're beholden to to um trust fund people, like hedge fund managers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's all about getting words on page, you know, now, 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 soon, 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 make the numbers go up, right? And it doesn't really leave a lot of opportunity to maybe pursue the stories that matter to you because you're always so concerned about, okay, I got this post up. Now I need to get the next post up because we need to get the clicks or whatever. I've been to the office. I've seen the leaderboard. <laughs> I'm glad I never went because I think having an actual physical, honest to God, leaderboard hanging over oh, my yeah. head would drive me crazy. It yeah. is intimidating. Yeah. So The Verge offered me an opportunity to continue to do what I do, maybe not with the same as, you know, robust and raunchy voice that I have become accustomed to at Kotaku, but just uh, you can still do what you do and you have the opportunity to pursue what you want to write about, which is like Black people in Dragon Age, and we'll pay you more and you won't have to move. And it's like the, the rough, the ugly calculus of that is I love kotaku and if it wasn't for being made to move i would have stayed uh i know patricia was like you know you don't we would try to make it so that you don't have to move or whatever but it's like i don't know that's a big if and i and i fully believe that if push absolutely came to shove that you know she would do something to try to make it work but i don't know if i wanted to risk my job on that because it's like you either move or you don't move and you lose your job and i didn't want to risk that so I took the jump to to make a safer bet and it's it's working out uh really nicely. I will say um within I like I posted the 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 hate mail that I got and I had within an hour like six different DMs from six different people independently saying we don't do that shit here. Here is all the stuff that you can do to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Oh, There's damn. also all of the stuff that we're doing on our end. Like we're implementing these several tools so we can filter email messages like that server side so it doesn't happen. And I'm like, oh, damn, that's how y'all do things here? Like, oh, I am just that that feeling of concern that goes more than, oh, I'm sorry that happens, which is like, you know, no shade to anybody that worked at Kotaku. Like, what, we, what could we do, you know? It's like, oh, I'm sorry that happened, you know, but over on the other side, it's like, we're we're going to make sure this never happens again. And they were serious about it. And I was like, oh, I just felt so supported and it was so great. And <laughs> what's like, that the, like? I know, like, <laughs> damn, I, I really lived in the damn ghetto working for Geo, you know, <laughs> that's what it felt like, because yeah. nothing like that had ever happened when I was at Geo Media. And the way that their content management system is like set up, like you're always, you have to see the comments on your your blogs at all times like it's just it's something that just happens to you and that is not like that at the verge like i haven't had that experience here so it's like better i, I and they're still doing great work and i love them and i would go back if i didn't have to move they like removed a residency requirement or whatever and i didn't have to go into an office which in new york sounds crazy anyway I would go back 100%, but maybe this is just my opportunity to go uh, elsewhere and build up my portfolio a little better and my reporting chops and stuff like oh, that yeah. so I can just be better. That's, well, that's my story. If you ever need an outlet to be raunchy and robust, uh, you're always welcome here. Well, that's what my Twitter is for. <laughs> that's true as well. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I've it's interesting to hear your perspective because I feel like I've known so many people who've worked there who have left in similar situations. And I assumed it had to do with the parent company ownership, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know, obviously. A lot of that is former people who are no longer there. 
Like yeah. when people are okay. talking about like the bad Kotaku, they're talking about people who fortunately do not work there. Like people who made other people's lives miserable. They don't mm. work there anymore. So I, I will say too. I will say I have known Patricia a very, very long time, and it's actually very weird to think of her as uh, uh, being in charge of Kotaku. But it also, when I saw that she was in charge, uh, I was like, wow, it's a person who I think is a good person. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not like close with her, but I'd never had any bad experiences with her or anything like that. So I was happy to see uh, that she took over, even if, even though, you know, the ownership situation is how yeah, it is. She's fantastic. I mean, a lot of people are there that are there now are hoping like, God, I hope they sell us to someone who can, you know, will keep us alive and keep the lights on so we can do this stuff, you know, that really matters that, and that they still do. Like they're a phenomenal team. I love all of them. I love all of them. Like unqualified. They're great people. It's just that, you know, the people who keep the lights on inside my checks are garbage. Right. Yeah. It's nice to be in another situation. And, uh, um, uh, I'm I'm happy for you. Thank you. Same. Yeah, it the the journalism, it's a tough one. And <laughs> I'm sure I'm always like I'm always like I feel so glad that I got out of it when I did, but I'm also super glad that there are people like you, Ash, still still doing it. <laughs> because yeah. it's spite. I wanna read this stuff, you know. I just don't wanna um I, I couldn't see for myself, I didn't wanna do consumer journalism. I think I would be more interested in it. If the landscape were like it is now, where you mm-hmm. where you actually can talk about different interesting stuff to an extent. But, you know, when I, I was like, if I leave Game Developer Magazine, which I did, um, where could I possibly talk about the things that are interesting to me? Because I was using that as a place to talk about social issues and problems within game companies and whatever. And I was like, no, nowhere else is ever going to do this stuff. So uh, I'm glad there are other places that do it, but I'm also glad that I'm, I'm glad. I, I think it's good that other people are doing it other than me at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. Um, Take up my time. It's uh, over 90 degrees here and I keep the AC uh, off, of so I don't hear it. It's the same here. Yeah. yeah. It's very the same here. <laughs> oh, it's uh, nice here. <laughs> oh well, lot oh, yeah. We're we're all very we're all very happy for you right now, Brandon. It's uh, <laughs> seventy three degrees. Great. It's okay. Yeah. It'll be on fire at some point. Yeah, That's true. true. <laughs> part of it, part of the state is on fire, uh, of course. Yeah. But uh, right here, it's nice. just at all times. Well, you'll. I mean, twenty twenty, like there was a period where Oakland was like entirely orange. So. I'm yeah, sure. That, I'm sure that's going to happen again at some point. If that happens again, I please no, thank you. That was like I. I, I don't <laughs> wish that on anyone. So weird. It was so weird. It was like it was impossible to do anything because it it was just the the light. You know how like people get seasonal affective disorder and everything when mm-hmm. the, when the light changes and when it gets gray and whatever. Now imagine that, but it's like nightmare world. <laughs> oh no! It's so. It's so weird. Just the whole day, it was like, it was this bright, but hazy orange. It was like, it was like we were enveloped in an orange fog. It was just, it it just, you couldn't focus on anything because it felt like you were on Mars. You teleported Um, into the dark world. Absolutely. It was so, it was so disorienting. And I, I was kind of surprised at how disorienting it was because it's, you know, it's just a color. But like one in a color you've seen before, just uh, not in the sky. Yeah, I should I should be like, cool, it's Dreamcast Day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just and yeah, and I've you know I've seen orange in the sky, but I haven't seen well, everywhere yeah, like at orange. Night. I, orange skies are, are really nice. I really like, but you know they go away after an hour or two. 
and also it's it, it's like that orange sky is far away it's orange over there but it's not yeah. orange one foot in front of my face but here it's like with this it was like everything is orange it's i'm surrounded by a color which is an experience that i just never i don't know if you could have that i mean i guess you can have it underwater you can be surrounded by a color they say uh, but, uh orange sky here never fear orange sky there sailors beware <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh jeffy you, you're born in florida uh, no, I was born in New York, and okay, I moved to Florida when I was New York, six. baby. Okay, okay so I'm walking so, here. All right, so my mom was born in New Jersey and then lived in Florida for a while. I, I'm trying to figure out what what people saying orange with two A's is from, and I guess it's from, uh, it's got to be New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, when, when you say orange. Orange. Yeah, orange. 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 I, I don't orange. even know I don't even know how I say it. I have like this weird accent because like I grew up in Ohio, but my neither of my parents were from Ohio and my mom insisted on pronouncing things in a very like New England way. So I have like a weird because like I say rather instead of rather. <laughs> um, and apparently that's like a, it's a funny regional. to me. Yeah. But I, I didn't even think about it. I, I just it's weird because like I yeah, my my accent doesn't yeah. even match up with where I grew up. Nice. I do the not have an accent because I've lived Dan in the, new, the Midwest forever. It, yeah, I mean, I accent is relative. I, I I meant like how I pronounce words. Yeah, because like yeah, I also grew up in Ohio and people didn't really have an accent. I mean, some people did, but it was minority. I, I've found that people in the Midwest believe that they're the ones with no accent, and uh, but we Californians also believe that we are the ones with no accent. So I mean, you don't have an accent; you have an affectation. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, that's what I would say about Californians. I, I don't think most have an accent, but there's certain affectations like, of course, like, I don't know, like saying hella or something, but that's not even, I mean, it's not even I, that. I've read that like telemarketers specifically recruit from Ohio because they have the least, uh, least detectable offensive or voice. offensive voices. That's really funny. But then you get like a Polish immigrant from Chicago and right. it's like, oh, this is way different. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's what you hear. Or that's yeah. that's the accent, which I don't have. I'm not a Polish immigrant from Chicago. Well, the upper Midwest has that like Midwestern accent way more than like the lower Midwest also. Yeah, oh, yeah like the Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that's all the Swedes is what that is. Swedes and Norwegians that made that happen. Yeah, Norwegians. Norwegians. That's who writes all the pop music. <laughs> that's I true. Norwegians. No, it's like it's like it's like twenty percent Swedes. It's not it's not as much as people think it is. It, it feels outsized though. I mean, it, it, there's like one Swedish dude who who wrote half the number one hits of it's not twenty seventeen or whatever. Hits. It's like it's you know, it's a smaller number than that. But yes, the like the Swedish pop has had a huge influence. Yeah. Sweden needs to calm down. Daffy, comics suck. Comics are okay. I like comics. Comics, comics suck. What's wrong with comics? Uh, they don't pay people enough. Oh, you mean the big comic publishers? Yeah, they suck. Also, yeah. reading them is bad. And, uh, that's my experience. Uh, well, mostly. That's yeah. right. But, uh, but my experience is that uh, they will get a creator on a on an interesting property to like make it interesting again. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and then they'll just mess with it until they leave. That's a good idea. Um, that often happens, yes. So that's my current frustration with the uh, with them X Men. Oh yeah, that, uh, with the Hickman stuff. Yeah, I mean, like that first year of of Hickman being on on these X Men books, like he was on fire, mm -hmm. uh, and then it was very clear that it was not working, and he just did less and less, and now he's just done. And it's like he had this, 
you know, he clearly had this like three act epic in mind um, that he started with um, in 2019 or whatever it was. And it just seems like they're just going to shrug and like stay in the first act forever. Yeah. Because that's what everyone else wants to do. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, comics Every suck. time I try to get into <sighs> one of these new comics, read new American comics, uh, that's, you know, something popular. I feel like this is writ this is written for and by 40 year olds who are actually 12 year olds yep yep that is absolutely that's very common almost every and I just, comic I just yeah. can't, and, can't deal with it and that's what happened with this x-men stuff you had like this interesting guy telling a really interesting story and then they're like cool here's the five books that flesh it out written by other people and all of them are like yay comics and they're terrible and uh it just ruined everything. And have uh, you read I'm Hickman's upset. East of West? Uh, you know what? I I did read like the first three volumes and liked it a lot. So I might I don't know go back, back and, on and finish those. Yeah, might Pop do that. Back on it. Maybe maybe do his Fantastic Four run or something. Look, comics are good. You might just be tired of superhero comics, and that's fine. No, it's like I just I just want to read them Grant Morrison ones over and over. Like, why aren't other people just doing that stuff? All right, that's um, my feeling. Anyway, welcome, Chris. Welcome, Chris. Hi. All right, I'm gonna get a drink. I'm gonna check my phone for correspondence. <sighs> I started playing uh, Star Ocean on uh, the Switch, and um, I had never played it before. And I found myself in the situation where I could just do some grinding, you know, before anything happened. And so I'm like, okay, sure, I'll do that. And I did, and you know, powered up my characters, and that was fun. And then when like the once the game kind of started like in earnest, and it was like, oh, okay, the game's going now. Like now you're getting sent on a like like all the stakes have been established and now you're just doing quests and i was then i got bored of it and i, I stopped what, what game are you talking about star ocean star ocean the, the first departure i think it's called Ew. the switch version it's uh, it's pretty cool but like ooh. i mean basically like once it once it finally got to the point where everything had kind of been revealed and the game was just going now and i was just kind of like eh, i'm not Man, bought, i wasn't bought in enough yeah it's it's unfortunate when that occurs um but it has definitely happened to me a lot of times mm-hmm. Yep, I am liking the right. remake of Final Fantasy One. I, I mean, I don't know I if I'm really, going to go back to it, but I put a lot of hours. They seem into it. they seem like, cool as hell, it. and I just, I mean, I just want them on the Switch. I don't want to sit at my computer playing them. That's it, or on my, or on my oh, telephone. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting people don't just put computers on their TV like I do. Yeah, I'm living in the future. Right, right. right. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I just want it on the handheld game system because people are like, "Well, you play it on your phone? Don't you have a phone?" Well, guess what? I use I look at my phone while I'm playing video games. I don't want to play <laughs> yeah. a video game that's on you... my phone because I need my phone there to have Twitter open next to me while I'm playing the video game. That's why you need that Steam. Deck. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I kind of do. If the if the Steam yeah. Deck can't, I mean, I I I think they're gonna put these games on the Switch. But like, I look at the Steam Deck, I'm like, I would play a lot more PC games with that thing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. As for me, I'm like, I, I want my 4K HDR 120 hertz refresh rate. Yeah. And I want some garbage screen in my hand. I don't know so, if I'm yeah. ever buying yeah. a computer. The end. <laughs> the end. Get hacked, computers. You know, you know, Brandon. There's computers all around us. There's even no. a computer in your phone. It. My phone weighs it. Over the computer in it. There's no. All right, let's, all right, let's go. We, it's a, it's a little welcome mouse on back. A wheel. Hey. Oh, I forgot. I had another thing to recommend. I'll, I'll recommend it next time. I've been watching this show called F1 Drive to Survive. It. You mentioned it. Did I? Oh, I mentioned it very briefly, but I didn't mention recommending it. Uh. And I didn't say why I like it or anything, but it is it is interesting. I like this show, despite the fact that it's basically about 
a bunch of whiny rich people, some of whom are talented. <laughs> but uh, like, it's shocking to me that I find it so compelling when it's about the kind of person that I just really do not want it. And yet there it is. Uh, what episode? 199. This is 199. Are you out of your mind? Uh, Kohler, did yep. you move to the new the new office yet? Are you still in the old space or what? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. One's in no. the new office. No, there, I mean, there, so, I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. Well, I mean, they keep saying, you know, the deadlines of when it's going to happen, but, like, it's possible people might get to move into the new office in September, except for, you know, COVID concerns are, you know, yeah, yeah. making that difficult. Um, well, I mean, it's more than COVID. So, I mean, I, I've I've got the daily intel on this because I have a lot of moving to do. I have to schedule someone to like I'm I'm like flying Kelsey here for two weeks to help me move. Like I, so I'm on top of this. And uh, the short answer is shrug. Yeah. Yep. Um, the long answer is uh, the goal is that we have to be out of here October first. Yep. Um, but they're still making the yeah, place over there and, there, and you and every day there's still like mounds of right dirt and you guys are going like to be in the downstairs yeah. but they're they're right now they're concentrating uh, well too. no no actually well right now they're concentrating on finishing up the upstairs uh first so that we can have one working okay. space where some people can start coming in got it well that's cool that's a lot of stuff going yeah. on that's cool that it lines later and the most complicated cool nice sounds nice. good for you frank I just I don't I don't even I have just, logistically how I, I'm going to do this. I need at least three people for like yeah. a week. I feel like because I can't box these right. up. Like I can't just have everything boxed up. Like there's no not even room to put boxes if I did that. But also I'd be boxing everything up to move two blocks away, and then I have all these boxes. That's right. So it's like we're gonna have to figure out something where there's like rack. a person with a cart at either end and someone who's just the car. Yeah, you know, like Steering. so. They just load and unload from the car, and that's all they do. And then someone here is loading a, the next cart for them, and someone on the other end is like not only shelving but like building the right, shelves, right, right, because <laughs> so that we have some vertical space to put magazines. Yeah, it's, yep, it's sounds like nightmare. you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, Chris, you're welcome back on this show anytime. Just anytime want. I want. Yeah. Not, so not like next. So week. like if there's another uh, guest on the show, I'll just join the Discord and in. tell them. Fuck yeah, off. why not? We've had mm. two guests. Oh, before. no, I'd make them leave, but okay. Oh, no, you're not welcome to okay, kick anyone okay. off. Yeah, that was not part of what he just join. said. You're just adding I, I did, I did add that right. myself. That is true. <laughs> I felt it was implied, but okay. Uh, well, I did infer it. All right. Uh, All right I'm going to go gonna sign off. I'm going to bust more bootlegs here. Oh, yeah. So All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, so Chris. Oh, you can go ahead, Jeff. Frank, does, I'll, I'll, does, I'll, does Bustin uh, make you feel good? Chris, for a minute. Let's talk bootlegs. Uh, it, it just makes me mad because yeah. wasting my time. Like I don't enjoy it. But yeah, <laughs> you know, I enjoy looking at these real things. Uh, I do get a satisfaction out of busting right. with bootlegs. I know you know most of the collectors, Chris. Yep. So uh, these games that are bootlegs uh, were owned by. He's like a prototype collector guy. Um. He so th this is one of the, uh, these are all coming from that same the Mexico like, City Mexico prototype sort. ring. Yes. Um, and they're very obvious. And uh, and I disproved them very easily. The old ones uh, came to me like a couple months ago because um, he owns mm -hmm. a bunch of them. Um, just trying to like is, magic think his way into is them he the guy being who real. Bought, like bought them on YouTube. Okay. I don't know. Uh, that's a really good question. I should look into that. Um, 
Yeah, is it, like is he just he going saw, to the he, store he and going, "Oh my YouTube god, they video, got more right? bootle of the person buying at the store." Yeah, oh the the YouTube video is how oh. I how I uh, was able to substantiate the got fakes okay. to begin with cuz the ones I had were like, I don't know, I guess it's possible that these weird things could exist, but then there was one in the video that was like, "Okay, that is 100% yeah. fake on purpose." And I was able to match like the typewriter on it to the other ones and just go from there. But um so DMing me on Twitter, not Twitter, on, on he's messaging me on Facebook because he knows I'm like the guy that's yeah. judging these and and he's trying to magic way magic think that the ones he yeah, has into yeah. being real. Um and he shows me this like Contra 3 and he's like, you know, these this the this the chip on here has a different number than the one in my cartridge and I'm trying to explain like we don't have full documentation of literally every chip ever made right. into yep. a cartridge. Yep. You know, like it's not but he wouldn't buy that. Um I just gave him like three reasons that it wasn't real and he's like look i'm playing it on my tv and like the text is white instead of gold it has differences and like i i suspect that's your display <laughs> um because it's literally a retail board with a mask rom and he's like well you don't know about what happened in mexico like maybe it's like a mexican thing i'm like look i i did the best i could here like if you if you want me to evaluate this further you're just gonna have to go through wada and anyway uh he sold these. He sold these things that I told him were fake to someone else, and they submitted. Oh, them he did. To oh my and, gosh! Uh, I thought that he yeah, submitted them. Oh, yeah, okay. So, wow. Wow. Nope. Ended up with them, and uh, they are here, and and they are crazy fake. And in fact, uh, I mean, like, like I can I can show that the label is like clearly like like he puts labels on them from photo reference because I guess it, 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 you never see them, but once in a while there is like an official Nintendo label on these where you can write oh, the okay, game yeah. name on them. Um, so he found a photo of like the one online as reference and he made his own and it's like the line widths are wrong and the printing quality is yep. bad. So like the, 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 some lines bleed into each other and stuff. So like all that's terrible. It's a retail board. It's got, a, it's, it's like nothing yep. we've ever seen before, except from this guy. I gotta say though, um, I, I feel like, and this is, you know, it's a, it's a good um, uh, example. It's a good warning because I feel that, if I had been in that store in Mexico City and had seen that, I would them. not have. Yeah. Been, I I would have bought them. I would have bought them because it's like I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have brought a screwdriver to open them. I wouldn't have had that on me, and I would have. And, oh, and yeah. I mean, they were what like you would not assume that a store's making. Yeah, fake it was just I, yeah. I would have paid the few hundred bucks and then and and got super burned. But but now I know that people are faking stuff, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, of course it's the final game. So it, I was right. It's some right, display yeah. thing with him um, that he saw different text. And uh, if he's not into all that, the killing blow, it's on a Majesco board from well, like 97. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or whatever. So it's like, not even. Not, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was Castlevania <laughs> something. No, uh, there was a, there was a Castlevania I don't remember which in that. So Super Castlevania 4 and Contra 3. I don't remember which wow. one's on the Majesco wow, board. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, both. so they yeah. didn't even... It's, just, it's like, look, there's no way, dude. There's they didn't even give no a shit. Way. They literally so. used a Majesco board. Yep. Yeah. Because this person doesn't know what they're doing. There's a sticker on there um, that's like, uh, unit will not function if separated from display. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I know I've seen this text before. I looked it up. He's just copying text from like a Super Nintendo oh, yeah. kiosk yep. system that's in the kiosk like the system itself has a sticker saying that so he's just copying that text not understanding what it means he also misspelled separated as serrated <laughs> um yeah like okay it's... yep yep and and i don't believe he's a native yep. english speaker um so another good example i'm pretty sure i showed you was like he had a Mega Man x2 i guess um and uh like 
the date on it made no sense and there was text on it that was like please return to Altron Corporation I'm like what the hell's Altron and I found the photo online like Altron was like kind of an obscure Japanese yeah, publisher they put some Saturn games and out. there is a Super Famicom prototype that has this exact text nice. oh, okay so yep. You know, he saw text on all prototype and went, that's prototype text and like put it on this Mega Man. It made yeah. no sense at all. Like, that's, I'm glad this guy's not smart because it, like, that I was, could, that's what you, I was thinking. Chris, like, you could probably, you could probably make a prototype that yeah, would fool me. It's not right. actually that I have, hard. I have a, I have an empty, I have a, I have an empty, um, NES, uh, you know, EEPROM board, um, with garbage ROMs yeah. on it. I could, I could get an EEPROM writer. I could flash something to period authentic EEPROMs and pop them in and, yep, that's you it. Know, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know, I, I, I won't say this is absolutely authentic. I will write a report that's like, well, for these reasons, I have no reason to doubt this yep, item's authenticity. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, um, it's it's really like, easy. Also, I did see me. this this was sent in by Chris Kohler, but so <laughs> I am, I am very, I'm extremely <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I have, I have uh, altered opinions based on submitter before, yeah. um, because uh, well, specifically, right. uh, because. Um, he doesn't, Brandon, I don't know if you know about this part of it. I think it's pretty fascinating, which is that it, it was really common for people in like dev studios or publishers to use their development boards and EPROMs to flash pirated games from right. billboards yeah, to yeah. play them. Like there's using these as ways to play pirated games. And then they, you know, over the years, it's just like they never burn another one on there and it's just sitting around. And then like 20 years later, it's like, oh, I have a prototype of Mario hmm. Paint from my career right, somehow. Right. Um, and that's, it seems really common. Like I, I had some way back in the day from, um, absolutely sent in some, uh, I just, you know, that Chicago trip I just did, uh, we visited and he's like, yeah, these are probably from my time at Acclaim. Uh, maybe these were people pitching me. It's like, no, we were able to substantiate. These are pirated games from the nineties. Um, they are cracked in this specific way. Like, I think it was super common. And I suspect a lot of the quote unquote prototypes that are out there are literally this, are just like burned oh, ROMs sure. from the internet yep. from the nineties that people forgot that they did. Like right now on Facebook's trying to sell Bart's Nightmare on Super Nintendo. Never worked anywhere near Acclaim. Like he had no involvement right, in playing. Right, right. He didn't work in the regional area. Like he burned Bart's nightmare in the '90s from a bulletin board, and like he's selling it as a prototype because he doesn't know. I, I think this is actually pretty common. And uh, I don't know. My job's really interesting. Is yeah. kind of my point. <laughs> I like inventing this yeah. this uh, methodology from scratch. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm.